to uh, just get right into the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter number 27. Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to start reading in verse number 62. Matthew 27 and 62. And as you're turning there and when you come to your place in scripture, uh, we stand here for the reading of God's word. And we ask if you would to stand uh, one more time as we here read the word of God. And uh, out of the gospels and the story of uh, the crucifixion of Christ and his resurrection, there are uh, astounding uh, details and there are some things that you find that are uh, very similar throughout the Gospels. And then there are some things that are distinct uh, to the particular writer. Whether that be Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And uh, as uh, we have, uh, I know that we personally uh, have just been uh, pouring over and reading through this, this uh, story. And, uh, and when I say story, I want you to understand, I don't mean that in the sense of a fairy tale. Amen. How many of you know the resurrection, it is real. Amen. It is fact. And uh, I know there are many who would discredit. I know that there are many who would say that there's absolutely no, uh, no credence. There are those who would not believe uh, however, for those of us that have received him and know him and know of his power and we believe the word of God, uh, then, well, the truth of the matter is we just believe all the book and everything that it says. And I do believe he is risen and he is coming again for us. But we're going to look here in Matthew 27 and starting at verse number 62. And I'm going to read here a couple of a few verses that uh, share with us some of the things that had happened here after the death of Christ. And if you're there with me, would you say amen? The Bible says, Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver, calling Christ the deceiver, had said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher, or in other words, the tomb, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. What is meant there, they said, if, you th if, if we had a problem with this Christ beforehand, if it is believed that he was resurrected from the dead, we're going to have an even bigger problem on our hands. That's what that statement there was made. Pilate said unto them, ye have a watch. In other words, we will provide guards for you. Go your way. Listen, make it as sure as you can. As sure as you can. So they sent and made the sepulcher sure. Sealing the stone. And setting a watch. All of these things transpiring and taking place. All of the events that had led Christ to Galgotha's hill to be crucified. Here the body inside of the tomb and... They, these that had, uh, were the catalysts for the crucifixion. They had worked very hard to make sure. And I want you to understand, and if I can emphasize these words, they said, we want to be sure that he is kept in there. Amen. We want to be sure it's sealed up. We want to be positive that this is a done deal. And if I can, for just a few moments this morning... 
I would just like to preach on this thought, and that is Friday didn't have the final say. Amen. Friday didn't have the final say. And if you would help us this morning, would you pray one more time? Ask the Lord to speak to our hearts here this morning. Father, we thank you once again. Oh, for every heart and every life that is represented in this house. Lord, I thank you today for your word. And I thank you for your presence that is very real here today. And Lord, I'm asking one more time your anointing to rest upon each and every heart. And upon each and every ear that is in this house. Lord, I pray let our ears hear what you would say and our hearts be tender to receive. I pray it anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory. Lord, I have no other request than that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, I pray that you are seen and heard today. Father, I lean upon you as we know without your anointing there's nothing good produced from me. And Father, I pray you'd challenge us and change us and help us today. And Father, we're quick to give you thanks and praise. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Friday didn't have the final say. I want you to understand that in this that there is, if you will, a sense of finality that is sought after here by the chief priests and the Pharisees. You understand if you are familiar with the events that led to the crucifixion of Christ and his body placed in that borrowed tomb, you understand that there was a lot of things that had brought to this moment uh, that we are reading about, uh, but we come to find as to where these uh, religious leaders had done everything that they possibly could to bring an end and an abolishment to Christ. They were doing their dead level best in order to silence this message that Christ was the Son of God. You understand and see throughout the Gospels as to where there was always conflict. There was always tension. There was always drama. The religious, they had a severe problem with Christ and his claim that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah that the Israelites, the Jews, Jewish nation was looking for. They dismissed this. They, uh, there, and I won't cover all the things, but they were uh, dismissive in the sense of the way that he came and was born. The controversy that surrounded the virgin birth. There was controversy and, and there was dismissal in regards as to where Christ came from. Oh, simply, if you might remember, the question was posed, could anything good come out of Nazareth? Just the son of a simple carpenter. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for strength and splendor. They were looking for royalty and riches. They were looking to be established as a political power and to come out of the the rule of Roman uh, 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 power and government. All of these things they had tried over and over again to trick and trap the Savior in every message that he preached and every miracle that was performed. If he did it on a Sabbath day, they would ridicule him. If he ministered unto the sinners, they would try to sabotage and and they would try to catch him in something that they could point a finger and say that, aha, we've got you. We found out you're a liar. We find and we'll put holes in your message and there's no credence to who you are. They were trying to finalize all of these things we come to find and it was a a mock trial if you would a sham of a trial as they were trumping up charges against the Savior looking for a way and finally uh, agreeing that because of blasphemy that they would crucify him we find as you read in the gospels and just bear with me we're going somewhere just laying a little bit of backstory for you we find in the gospels that the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they were working in the crowd and they were, they were compelling the crowd to make a request for Barabbas, that murderer 
that notorious thief that they would be released as Pilate had said I have found no guile I have found no fault in this Jesus the Christ and they had said and declared said well said to tell you what let his blood be upon us and upon our children they found that the mob had turned bloodthirsty where just several days before Hosanna rang out in the streets as Christ made his entry into Jerusalem and now there were the shouts of crucify him can I say that in the events that would transpire there looked like there was a lot of things that were final there looked like a lot of things that too many things had went wrong that there was too much chaos there was too much that was transpiring and how in the world could any good come out of this how in the world would God's plan look like this how how could anything transpire for the positive of all the things that were taking place we find that they were looking for surety assurance of silence assurance to scatter the disciples assurance to finalize and say we will quiet this message and this gospel we will silence Silence the mouths of those that would proclaim that Christ is the Son of God. In this, I want you to understand that when we talk about finality, when we talk about surety, that's what they were after. They said, we want to seal that tomb. We want to make sure that he's in there. We want to be sure that everything is done. Oh, can I say that there are a lot of things in life. There are a lot of things in life that bring certainty with it. There is the old adage that we are all familiar with that says there's two things in life that are certain and they said that is death and taxes amen and in whichever order you want to put it uh, there's just some things that are certain it is certain that uh, that we are every day growing older it is certain that there are things in life that uh, that are ever changing and will change there are certainties that are there there is certain finalities in our life that we all have to come to grips with particular moments in time that are seemingly inescapable situations oh that would say the case is closed that it's all over with why would you even try or here's my favorite when there is somebody who was looking at a life looking at a situation and they would declare and say there is no coming back from this can I say that was the sentiment of the religious that was the sentiment of those who said we want to seal him up keep him in there and be sure this is a done deal Friday's events Friday's specifics I want you to look at some of these things these particular statements are overwhelmingly all too real as we look and visit the things that happen the Friday of Christ's crucifixion. I want you to understand that all of hell's best tactics are at work. The Bible says that Satan had entered Judas's heart. We find that there is betrayal. We find there is denial. We find there is chaos. We see the beatings and the scourging. We see the beard plucked from his face. We see the crown of thorns we hear the mockery as the Bible said they would look upon him wagging their heads and also might I say wagging their tongues and brother Marvin the Bible said they would declare he saved others himself he cannot save it looked brother Torbert as if everything was final as if there was no coming back from this do you see the nails do you see the thorns do you see the blood do you see the crucifixion do you see and sense the humiliation do you hear him cry upon the cross everything about 
Friday said that this is done. Everything about Friday said that it's over and that it's final. But I'm glad to report to you this morning as I look at the Word of God and no matter what great lengths they went to to seal him up and shut him up, I'm glad Friday does not have the final word in the situation. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm glad that when everything looks like it's over and done, that to me is a beautiful part, amen, about the resurrection. It is a fact that there is life when there was death. There is new birth when there was the old man. There is victory when it seemed there was nothing but defeat. I want to tell somebody in this house this morning, on Resurrection Sunday it's more than a Cadbury egg it's more than an Easter bunny it's more than hunting I'm not against having fun we had a lot of fun yesterday but today I sing glory to his name because my sins are forgiven and Friday did not have The final say. Somebody give him some praise in this house. Understand. Understand this morning I would dare say. I believe it's very safe to say that there are those of us in this building. And there are some things that might seem final in our lives. There might be some situations that you're looking at, that you are experiencing, some things that are going on, and all of hell would tell you, this, my friend, is the end of the road. This, my friends, you cannot come back from. This is it. It is done. I want you to notice, if Friday had the final say... If Friday would have been able to have the final say, then I would tell you that failure would be final. Failure would be final. How would the gospel advance under such a seemingly weak group of men? How would it advance? Christ had said, He said, not only the works that I do, said you'll do them greater. But how in the world could they do greater? Because the events of Friday show us that at the most pivotal moment in Christ's life, these men could only offer betrayal. The inability to pray with him in his great sorrow in Gethsemane. The sleep too heavy in their eyes as Christ came to wake them and finally said, Sister T, sleep on now. The hour has now come. They couldn't even watch and tarry with him for an hour. They scattered in fear. The prophet said that they would smite the shepherd and the sheep would be scattered. This fulfillment came to pass. As the Bible said, as Judas walked up and kissed the cheek of Jesus we find as they took him and arrested him the Bible said those disciples they ran they scattered in fear how could these how could these be fishers of men how could Peter preach on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls come to know Christ and him crucified how do we get from betrayal how do we get from fear how do we get from the chaos and the scatteredness to where the as I mentioned Peter is preaching how do we get from there to that point how do we get from the point brother Eddie where the word of God said these are they that turn the world right side up hallelujah how is 
is it that we find that these are the ones that would lead and charge the church through persecution and the church would grow by leaps and bounds and the message of the cross would go literally to the uttermost parts of the world I'll tell you how it's because in spite of their fear in spite of their denial in spite of their sin in spite of them being scattered this was the fact Friday was not final and Christ looked through the corridors of time and gave these men those promises Christ could look brother Heath through every failure and fragile part of their life and he could tell Peter he could say Peter the devil wants to sift you like wheat but I have prayed for you I want to tell somebody in this house there might be failure there might be things you have sabotaged yourself there might be sin you're so ashamed of but I want to tell somebody don't you believe the lie of hell that would say you can't come back from that the devil will try to put you in a tomb and seal you up and shut you down and say don't you let them out but thanks be to God Friday doesn't have the final say sitting in this very house including the man holding the microphone there are living testimonies of the fact that there's nothing over until God says it's over that there's not a life he can't save there's not a a heart he can't put back together there's not a home he cannot heal there's not a prodigal he can't reach into the pig pen and pull him out Because Friday does not have the final say. Come on here. There's some of us, you're living under a death sentence. Some that are thinking there's no recovery from where I've been, how far I've gone, how much I've embarrassed myself, how much I've let the Lord down. Oh, but hear me. You look at some of these men, what I say respectively, just a ragtag bunch of men. I mean, these are kind of guys, if they was on ministry staff, Brother T, we would have fired them week one. Come on, would have done it. These were the guys that was arguing and even got mama involved. Which of my boys is going to sit at your right hand? Pick a favorite. Come on here. Oh, Peter, wild and wooly Peter. I mean, he, it wasn't just one foot he put in his mouth. He put both feet in his mouth. Come on here. All the time saying something. All the time the Lord happened to pull him aside. Peter, we don't talk like that. Peter, we don't do that. We don't act that way. What is it? What is it, Sister Gloria, that God would look upon us and that, and that he would say, I know, I know you got issues. I'm not picking on Sister Gloria. Amen. Because if you think I'm picking on her and her issues, let me just tell you, we all got issues. Come on here. I know you got issues. I know you. I know you got a story. I know. I know, Karen. I know the things that God could say. I know the things you've done, James. I know the roads you've walked. I know, Brother Darren. I know all the things, Tobin. I'm aware. I'm aware of the things. And if you listen long enough, you hear me. Too many times we have people coming in and sitting on our pews, and you're frozen, and you're scared to death, and you been lied to and somebody somewhere in the corridors of hell somebody full of the devil has even looked at you I've seen preachers who would even preach with venom dripping down their mouth trying to tell somebody they couldn't be used that God couldn't save them God couldn't turn their life around let me tell you give me a house full of folks that have been to a place where resurrection and life has touched them and where Friday did not have
say. Oh, come on here. I'm just going to tell you, I, want to, I hate to break your heart. This is not any longer. We are not seeing cookie cutter families come through the church doors. Come on here. Somebody said, well, the good old days or what have you. And I'm going to tell you something. If you did a little bit of investigating, they weren't as much as the good old days as you thought. There was still sin. There was still prejudice. There was still things going on. You know what the problem was? We didn't have all the media and the, and the internet and the access to put it all out there. Now today it's blatant, it's everywhere, Sister Brenda. We come in and you don't know. You don't know what's going on in a family. You don't know. I've had people sit down at the office desk and they'd say, Pastor, and, and I, I can't help but get a little bit tickled. Uh, Brother Keith, when they start something with, with this phrase right here, we're going to tell you something that's going to shock you. Listen. Listen. I'm a pastor in 2023. There ain't nothing shocking me right now. Maybe if it was back in 1980, maybe I said, what in the world? It ain't happening, baby. It's just not happening. And so, that, but there's some, listen, you come in and you said and you're thinking, well, I, I don't have this experience and I don't have this thing and I have this failure and I have this problem. And you don't know, you don't know how many fathers or how many wives, my children, uh, 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 parents are involved in broken homes and you don't know my past and you don't know that I've done some time and you don't know that I've got scars and you don't know, Brother Jake, there was a time, oh, that I was hunting down a high. There was a time I was carousing around looking for another relationship. There was a time I was a thief and I was a liar. And there's many people sitting on church pews across America and they're thinking I can't do anything. That God can't use me. That, that, that this is it. And so therefore, Brother Coleman, they won't even darken the door of a church. Somewhere, somebody, there's some, some stick in the mud that told them, said, we don't want you. We can't use you. You can't do anything. But I can tell you this. There are bigger sins than that beneath the blood. I want to tell you you're not going to intimidate the Savior if he bled and died knowing the condition of these men. It's because he knew Friday would not have the final say in it all. Hallelujah. I want to tell Somebody that even if it's not particularly your case, but you're dealing with a case that is impacting your family. You're up against a situation and you're looking at it and you say, I don't know how. How do we recover from this? I didn't get a manual that would tell me how to deal with this. I didn't get anybody, gave, no, nobody gave me any insight on how to, how to manage, how to navigate these waters. If I were to ask, and you don't have to do this, but if I were to ask for a raise of hands of how many times we've all been disappointed, we've all been shocked, we've all been let down, we've all been hurt, we have all been disappointed in different people, denominations, preachers, churches. The list goes on and on and on. Can I say, you might have fabricated for yourself a very good argument of why you don't go to church. I've heard all of those too. I've heard about the hypocrites. I've heard about the liars. I've heard about how people hurt and do all these things. And I've often said, listen, you still go to Walmart with hypocrites. You still go to work with people that hurt you. You still, you still set yourself down at family reunion with people who's been running their mouth about you. If you thought you was coming for a cute Sunday sermon on Jesus loves me, this I know. You came to the wrong place. Hey Amen. Around here we talk about real life. Come on here. Come on here. If you, if you, uh, you know, we, we fabricate all these things, but when it comes down to it, somewhere along the way, your heart, your ambition, your goal, your desire, all the things that maybe at one time you was open and lent itself to the things of God, it has been put inside of a place and sealed up 
Hell said, seal it up good. Can't let this one out. Throw him in there and throw the key away. Come on. Get them in such a place that they'd be paralyzed with fear. That they wouldn't even be able to minister. Keep the man of God at home. Setting and worrying and thinking about all the scenarios. Because we're going to hit them where it hurts. We're going to touch their boy. You hear what I'm saying? There's folks that are in here and it's your marriage. And it's your child. And it's your business. And it's your heart. And it's your mind. And all this has come. And the enemy loves to magnify all the places where failure and weakness and our humanity abounds to where we think there is no fighting chance. I'm better off lost. I'm better off alienated from the presence of God because there's nothing he would want with me. But this preacher today came to tell some folks in this house that Friday does not have the final say. You see, it's not just our failures. You see, the truth of the matter is, if Friday would have had its final say, our future would be hopeless. Not just failure we contend with, but our future would look bleak. The Apostle Paul had declared and said, If we had hope in this life only, we would be of men most miserable. As a matter of fact, Paul had even declared, he said in another place, in regards to his life, he said, I am the chiefest of sinners. If there's anybody knows what it was like to have case closed, what it was like to not have a future, maybe be deemed useless or not able it was him but Paul said I've got hope that goes beyond this world I want you to understand this morning that there are some things that we look to today through eyes of faith we look forward to the fact that our future it can be secure what do you mean the word the song that they sang a while ago said my sins are forgiven given and my future is heaven brother Eli there's not one piece of strand of DNA in this body that deserves heaven I can't be good enough for it I'm not rich enough for it I'm not poor enough for it I'm not man enough for it I can I can have church membership all across the country but there's not enough church membership not enough preaching and I can do but I will tell you this my future is heaven because my sins have been forgiven and washed in the blood the soul cleansing blood of the lamb oh my future I may not know it all there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of things I don't know But I can tell you this, because Friday did not have the final say, life and hope and the promise of a better day awaits all of us when our Savior came out of that tomb. Come on here. I have hope. You have hope. Then can I tell you this morning what that means and what that says is how things are today. They're not going to be that way forever. Come on. Oh, I know you got your Sunday best on. I know you got your perfume and cologne squirted on. Everybody looking good. Come on here. Nobody here on this Sunday has any problems. Everybody's. All you're doing is cutting your eyes back and forth. Right? I'm seeing some of you nudge your neighbor a little bit every now and again. But, 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 oh, it's Easter Sunday. We ain't got no issues. We ain't got no, none of these problems. I'm going to tell you right now. Yes, we do. Yes, there are. And yes, we need to know that there is promise of a better day. 
You see, because Friday didn't have the final say, we find that Christ said, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he said that where I go, he said, I'm going to prepare a place that where I am, you can be. <laughs> I'm going to just be real honest. Sister Bambi, Sister Trakina, Friday morning when Brother Gerard called me, I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I told Sister Bambi, I said, I'm sorry. But you know what? That's the courteous thing to say. But Sister Bambi, we ain't sorry. Woo! You know why? You know why? It's not because I don't want our visitors to look at that and say, that pastor is morbid. He is weird. I'm never going back to that church ever again. They was talking about praying for this family because mom all pop passed away. And here he is saying, I'm not sorry. He's bipolar. What's going on around there? I'll tell you why. Because at 98 years old, Grandma Thibodeau, she was one of my favorites. You know why, Sister Shan? Anytime I was around her, there was three things she told me. She said, we was visiting one day, and I said, uh, I said, Brother, I said uh, it's Pastor Jacob, Sister Thibodeau. And she was in and, out of her, in and out of sleep, and she was confused of where she was. And she looked at me, and she said, you're so handsome. <laughs> and I leaned over, I said, you're my favorite. Don't tell nobody else. I don't want any other members being upset. You're my favorite. And then another time I was there and Sister Cindy, she said, oh, she said, not only was I handsome, but then she said, he's so tall. And then she looked at Bambi and she said, I've always wanted to be tall. And then one of the last things Sister Bambi shared with me, I had been on the phone with her, and she told Mama, she said, that was Brother Jacob, and she said her response was, he's so sweet, <laughs> handsome, tall. <laughs> Listen, only thing I'm sad about, she's not here any longer to keep telling me that stuff. <laughs> but when we hung up, when we hung up, Sister Haley, I told Sister Karen, I said, Mama Thibodeau passed away. She said, oh, and I couldn't help but smile. You know why? Because Friday didn't have the final say. And it was Grandma Thibodeau's passing on Friday that dealt with my heart about this message today. Oh, Sister Bambi said, I told her for days, said, Mamma, just call on the name of Jesus. Mama, you just, uh, you just talk to Jesus. Mama, she said, have you talked with Jesus? And she said, Mama, just shake her head. I'm going to tell you, 98 years old, uh, and maybe things in and out of consciousness, maybe not aware of everything that's going on, but I'll tell you one thing. Hell screamed because another soul couldn't be captured. It couldn't be finalized because Friday don't have the final say whether you're 8 or 98 the blood of the lamb it still saves it still keeps and her future secure hallelujah call me radical or weird if you want but I believe in heaven and I believe it's for the blood bought I believe it's for those who came to a point that said Friday is not final. It's not final. My future can be secure not because of what I can do, but because of what Christ did. He gave his life and yet he died and was buried and they did their best to do him in. But Friday did not have the final say. There are some things... I want to remind you, Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, there are some things I want to remind you, actually, of what the final say was. We find that there were actually seven distinct phrases 
that Jesus declared while hanging on the cross. I want to read to you just a few. I want to tell somebody that Friday doesn't have the final say. It doesn't get to dictate whether you are forgiven or not. Because Jesus had the final say. Luke 23 and 34 said, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Forgiveness is available. Because Friday did its best to have the final word. But Sister Polly, Jesus declared, Father, forgive them. Luke 23 and 42 For somebody that you think, there's been a lot of debate. There's a lot of churches that will tell you things you have to do in order to be saved. Hear what I'm saying. I don't know how else to tell you this, but it's just it's false doctrine. It's not biblical. In the essence of saying you've got to be a member of a particular church. You've got to do a particular thing. Got to be baptized in a particular fashion. Got to be, there, there's, you'll find that churches and denominations will give you a list of all the things to save. And, and one of the things, when I look at the plethora of the things that what man has put upon, listen, the sacrifices of Christ is perfect. You don't have to add anything to it, and you can't take anything away from it. Hear me. And a lot of people argue about all the things you have to do and what you have to be and who your daddy was and what grandpa did and are you a member here or a member there or whatever the case might be. Did you know there are things that are so foolish that there would be some, there would be some that would tell you, oh, you go to Victor Temple, Jacob Smith's your pastor. There would be some that would tell you, well, as a result of that, you, you can't make heaven. You can't do it. You can't do it. You'd find them. You'd find them because we don't line up to their protocol and their program. There's some that maybe you're looking at someone in your family and there's so much mess, there's so much heartache. You say, I don't know. Jesus, while dying on the cross, there was a thief that said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. When thou comest into thy kingdom. Would you remember me? And Jesus said unto him. Verily I say unto thee. Today. Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Brother T. He didn't have time to fill out a membership card. I know this is controversial enough. I believe in baptism. I believe it has been set forth. The example of our Lord and Savior. That if you can. If you have accepted Christ and making that public statement and testimony of the work that Christ has done in your life, to be baptized, be baptized. But Brother Darren, there was no baptismal tank up there, was there? There wasn't. No membership role to be on, no baptismal tank. There was no list of protocol, no list of all these things. Simply a man brokenhearted and repentant who said, Lord, would you remember me? And that was enough. You see, there are some folks that Friday's trying to have the final say and you're stuck in a tomb of religion. Stuck in a tomb of religion. Ideology. Tradition. Opinion. Can I just tell you something? If you're trying to do something for a man, you will continually jump through hoops. And you'll never be good enough. You just won't. You won't. From this guy right here to the very back pew, I promise you, you will disappoint people. You will let them down. They won't always understand you. You won't always measure up. And when you're dealing with humanity, the rules always change. And Christ, in one of his final acts, he said, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Why? Because Friday didn't have the final say. We find the statement that I believe is greatest of it all. 
The thing that reminds us that Friday didn't have the final say is because Christ did when he gave up the ghost. John 19.30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. It's done. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. I learned a long time ago, Brother Gary, number one, it was not going to be tolerated for me to have an attitude or a mouth to try to have the final say with my parents. This wasn't going to happen. If I, number one, tried to do that, I'd look like I'd been in a boxing match. But I'd been on the receiving end of it. There wasn't this idea that floats around in today's society. Oh, you just, you just let Susie or John, just let them speak their mind. It don't matter how, uh-uh. I wasn't given that. You know why, Brother Mike? Because my mom and dad, they had the final say. And one of, sometimes, Sister Laura, the thing that would just burn me up in all of my 11-year-old knowledge when I wanted to do something and I was told I couldn't, I'd say, but why? And I was told, because I said so. That's why. That's why. Friday did its best to have it say so. But I want to tell you, our Savior, when he declared, it is finished. Brother Gold, it's done. Can't argue it. I know people try. Can't overlook it. They've done their best. They tried to seal and make sure it was safe and secure. But still, three days later, the stone was rolled away. And today, we're here. We worship. We rejoice. We celebrate. Because Friday did not have the final say. Can we stand all over this house? Would you with me this morning... It may not be everybody, but those of you that would, would you just lift your hands and just worship right now and say, Lord, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that Friday did not have the final say. I'm so glad that in all of the failures and all of my faults and all of my sin, oh, that Friday doesn't get the final say. But today, there is life. Today, there's resurrection power. Today, there's forgiveness. Today there's a future. Today there's a promise. Because Christ had the final say. And Lord, we love you and we thank you for that today. With head bowed, heads bowed and eyes closed. I know some of you don't know Brother Jacob, but I'll promise you this. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass anybody. Not a thing. And this really is, this is for the whole house. But I first want to tell somebody this morning, if you're in this place, and if there are things that in your life you'd say, it's gone too far, too long. I've, Brother Jake, if I just had the opportunity to sit down, and if I could tell you, and could fight through embarrassment, I'd just tell you, I've made a mess, I've... Oh, there's things going on I'm ashamed of. There's things I wish I could fix. I've tried to undo. I've tried to do good, tried to do right. And maybe this morning you've been told that there is no help, no forgiveness, no hope for you. But I came to tell somebody, Friday doesn't get to tell you. The devil doesn't get to tell you. The tomb doesn't get to tell you. Because our Savior, He had the final say. Our Savior's resurrected, and today forgiveness is very real, and forgiveness is available for you. Today, you could leave this house having no, known Christ as your Redeemer. Old things passed away, and all things becoming new, your sins forgiven. This morning, there are some that are here, and there's failures, and faults, and there's doubts, and there's fears. And we look at certain things and we've been told certain things and there are 
certain aspects of our life that they look so certain and I don't know what we're going to do but I came to tell somebody Friday doesn't have the final say I want to tell somebody who's got a prodigal somebody you got a child a grandchild son, daughter, a spouse whatever the case might be Friday does not have the final say but Lord we're looking to you because you have overcome death, hell and the grave you've given new life this morning if you want to know you'd say pastor there's things that I I need to hear exactly what God has said I know that I've been forgiven I know he will forgive me I know there is a future for me I know he will help me I know that he has not forsaken me. I know that hell does not get the final word. But I'm going to trust him today. I'm going to believe him today. Whatever the case might be, this is for everybody. Why don't we come? find ourselves a place around these altars. Why don't you come this morning? Some that are tormented and some that have been tested. Some today. Oh, if you're here, this is your first time. Maybe you're here with somebody you love. Grab the hand of that person. Tell them, say, would you go with me and pray? You'll find around here, we'll pray with you. Ain't nobody going to laugh at you. Ain't nobody going to mock you. Ain't nobody going to say, I can't believe they're up there praying. Oh, but can we come? Would you come this morning and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. I am not going to let Friday have the final say. I am not going to listen to one more lie of hell. Oh, but you have risen. Lord, you have provided new life. Lord, you today have given me opportunity. We love you this morning, Lamb of God. Oh, I know. I know what's been said. I know what's been said. I know what's been led for you to believe. Oh, but today, Jesus. Today, Jesus, I'm calling on you.